Welcome to the audiobook speakeasy. I'm Rich Miller, and I'm your host here at the speakeasy. This is where you'll meet narrators, coaches, engineers, and other audiobook professionals, as well as some listeners who'll be sharing what they look for in a good audiobook. If you're interested in audiobook production, you've come to the right place. So come on in, grab a drink, pull up a chair, and join us for a friendly chat about audiobooks. Hey, everyone. I have got a completely different show for you tonight. It's just me in the speakeasy tonight, having a chat with all of you. This is my special thanksmas episode. There's this tradition in my family, my extended family, my family-in-law, that sometimes we get together in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I personally hate holiday travel. I, I really hate the crowds. Um, having to get places hours early because there's four times as many people as usual. I have a hard enough time with travel as it is. Um, I just really uh, don't like the process of getting someplace. I like being in different places, but I don't like the process of getting there. And uh, and so travel is difficult for me to begin with. Uh, during the holidays, I just really hate it because there's it, it just seems like there's five, ten times as many people as usual. Um, so we have this tradition occasionally that we have gotten together in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And it wasn't just my idea. I kind of go along, eh, whatever people want to get together, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. Um, but I, I always love it when somebody says, well, why don't we get together in between? And I'm like the first one to say, okay, let's do that. Um, and so I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a special speakeasy episode that is all about gratitude, which is something that I think, um, we need more of, especially during the holidays. So, so this is my special thanksmas episode where I don't have a guest here. It's just uh, me and you. And I'm having a drink, and I hope you are too. Uh, this is a free episode. I am not charging my patrons for this. I really appreciate the uh, Patreon support that I have, but I know that the reason you support the podcast is not to hear me blather on. It's uh, because you like hearing the people that I, I invite here to the speakeasy, and you like hearing what they have to say in our conversations. So uh, I, I love the support. Thank you very much. Much, but this one's a freebie for uh, for all of my all of my patrons. So first things first, just in case anyone's interested, tonight here in the Speakeasy, I am drinking a new cocktail for me. I just found it today; had never heard of it before. Uh, it came across in my inbox, and uh, I clicked on the link and found the recipe. And I thought, well, that sounds really interesting. It's called a Scofflaw, and it was apparently invented in. I think it's appropriate for a speakeasy because it was apparently invented in France during U.S. Prohibition, and it was uh, sort of a joke so that anybody who was any U.S. citizen who was over in France uh, and who was having a drink, well, they were being a Scofflaw because they were drinking. Um, and it was, uh, I believe it was Harry's Bar where they invented this drink. Uh, it's, uh, the various recipes that I found are either bourbon or rye or Canadian. I went with rye. I've got some, uh, Sazerac rye, kind of a classic rye. So, uh, so I went with rye. It's rye, dry vermouth, uh, which is kind of an interesting combination, a little bit of lemon juice and a little bit of grenadine. Now I had some grenadine in the house, uh, and it was unopened. I bought it a year or two ago and then never ended up using it. Recently, I, um, I ran across a recipe for the tequila sunrise and I thought, oh, you know, I got some grenadine and I just happen to have some OJ. I'll make a tequila sunrise. And then I looked at the bottle of grenadine and all it is, is basically corn syrup and, um, citric acid and red 40. And I thought, you know, I just, (laughs) I don't think I want to 
drink this. It, there just doesn't really seem to be too much there. So I ended up finding a recipe for a tequila sunrise that said you can substitute Chambord instead of um, instead of grenadine syrup. And so I looked up Chambord, found out all about it, and I got some because it sounded like something I would like. And uh, it is sweet, and it's probably as sweet as uh, grenadine syrup, but it doesn't taste as... Uh, Fake is the only word that I can think of that comes to mind. Um, it's a liqueur, and so it's got a little bit of alcohol, but it's a pretty low, low-strength liqueur. And it's raspberry instead of um, grenadine is supposed to be pomegranate. Um, I've also looked up and I found that you can make your own pomegranate syrup fairly easily um, just by equal parts sugar and uh, straight pomegranate juice. So I'll have to try that at some point. But the fact is that the raspberry flavor of the Chambord is pretty darn similar to the fake whatever flavor of the grenadine syrup. So I'm using that instead of grenadine and, uh, and a little bit of orange bitters. And uh, so this is called the Scofflaw, and so far, I will have to say that although it's not my favorite cocktail, I think it's pretty darn good. So uh, I would say give it a try. So from me to all of you out in the audiobook speakeasy listening audience, cheers! So I started this podcast a little over a year ago, after thinking about it for probably almost a year before that. Um, I was already listening to a lot of podcasts at the time, uh, and I had been building up my podcast list. Um, I, I've been listening to the tech guy for over six years. Back before I was listening to the podcast, I was listening to him on the radio in the Bay Area. And then when I found out it was a podcast, since we didn't get it here in Tucson on the radio, I thought, oh, I'll start listening to that. And then I started exploring and finding out, hey, there's, there's other shows that are of interest to me. So I'd already been listening to podcasts for uh, probably, I don't know, three or four years at that point, but I hadn't really expanded my list much in the, in the recent past, at the beginning of 2017. And I started thinking about the fact that you know, I'm, I'm pretty much all in on this audiobook career at this point, and I should really look for podcasts on audiobooks. There's got to be some. So I looked it up, and lo and behold, I found some podcasts. Um, at the time, Casey Trowbridge was doing, uh, I believe the title was Talking Audiobooks, which is no longer in production, which is too bad, but, um, you know, that's the way things go. Uh, who knows how long the audiobook speakeasy is going to be open. Um, and I think that uh, Jock Prothro was doing at the time the audio flow, and she had just started, or not too long before that, had started the Featured Voice podcast, um, kind of a subset, where she was talking specifically to narrators and just kind of featuring them for a, a single episode. So that was great. I started listening to podcasts about audiobooks. Um, but I, after I listened for a few weeks and kept looking for other podcasts, I thought, this isn't exactly what I was looking for. And it took me a little while to figure out why I felt like I was missing something. And I finally did. And it was that I was interested in hearing not just uh, from listeners or not just reviews of audiobooks or, or um, from a specific narrator, but I was looking for, for a kind of a broader cross-section of the audiobook industry. And so I started thinking about that, and, and I thought, well, what do I mean by that? What, what am I actually thinking of here? And I thought, you know, I interact with engineers uh, online. Uh, Amanda Rose Smith is an audiobook engineer, been doing it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. I think it's well over a 1,000 at this point. Um, she always has great engineering advice. And for somebody who is a narrator... I think that would be great. Now, for somebody who's just listening to audiobooks and wants recommendations, they'd probably be bored out of their mind. But for somebody who's a narrator, I think that would be great. 
And I was really thinking of myself as the target audience for, for the podcast. And then I thought, well, it's not just that. I mean, what about the people who hire audiobook narrators? Um, what about publishers? You know, they've got casting directors. They've got producers. They've got directors. Um, you know, there, there are all kinds of people in the industry uh, who are not just the narrators that would be of interest to somebody like me who's a narrator. So that was, that was kind of why I started thinking about doing my own, because I didn't find exactly what I was looking for. Um, and I am really happy that I took this project on. Uh, I have met some great people in the audiobook industry, had some great conversations. Um, I've, I've learned a lot. I hope that everybody listening has learned a lot and has enjoyed the, the process of learning from the people that I've, I've interviewed. And I've also made some friends and I have gotten to know people who were already sort of just professional friends, um, better. And that has been great. And let's be honest, I've had a few drinks too. So, uh, it, it has really been a great experience and I'm really glad that I did it. So starting a podcast is a bit of a gauntlet. Um, there's, if you haven't done it before, there's a lot of things that you need to do that you won't be familiar with. And there are resources online. That's where I got most of my information uh, about how to go about starting a podcast. But you have to figure out where you're going to host it. Then you're going to have, then you have to go to iTunes if you want it available through iTunes and figure out how to set up an account there and uh, what what information you're going to have to give them. Uh, I found out long after I had started the podcast that there was a setting that I was unfamiliar with and it was preventing all of the episodes from showing up in iTunes. I had to go change that later. Um, so there were, there are a lot of things that you have to do beforehand. And then you've got the upfront expense of setting up the hosting, uh, picking the right plan. You know, you talk to different people, you get recommendations and then you just kind of make your best guess. Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely a, a bit of a challenge when you're first starting out, if you haven't done one before. Uh, it's also not really, if, if you don't have experience and especially if you have like this sort of a, a small niche audience, uh, it's not a money-making endeavor, and anybody who goes into podcasting thinking, well, this is my first podcast, and I'm going to make a fortune, is really kidding themselves. Fortunately, I did not have any delusions that way. I, I knew that it was not a money-making endeavor, and that's not the reason that I started it. Um, I really started it because I wanted to give back and um, provide a resource that people could use um, to, uh, to, to learn more about the industry that they are interested in and working in. Um, so, so it wasn't a problem for me that it wasn't a money-making endeavor, but the fact is that it really isn't. And so that's the reason that I ask for donations, either ongoing through Patreon or just a one-time donation through PayPal. Um, it really does take a lot of time. And so I, I don't like asking for donations. I'd love it if I could just say, hey, it's all free, everything's great. But it really does take a lot of time. I, I estimate that, uh, I don't really keep great track of the time, but I estimate that it takes about eight hours per episode. When you factor in, it's it's just like setting up for an audiobook. You have to factor in the time it takes you to read the book and the time it takes you to annotate the book if that's the way that you work and the time it takes to master and the time it takes to upload. You have to factor all those things in for a total number. And when I factor in the amount of time it takes to 
research somebody who I want to have on the show and then to do the email exchanges back and forth several times and then uh, actually record the episode for, you know, somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half and then edit it just like audiobooks. If you're doing the post-production, you know that it, it's another exactly that amount of time plus to be able to edit it. Um, and then mastering it, uh, finishing it, uh, finishing it, then mastering it, then uploading it, then, you know, the, all the promotion, it, it really does take a lot of time. So that is the reason that I ask. And I have really tried to stay away from regular advertising. And I'll distinguish that from what I, the sponsorship things that I have been doing in a second. But, uh, you know, I imagine that I might be able to go to somebody like HelloFresh, or if you listen to podcasts, you hear all the same commercials. HelloFresh, um, the the Sheets, I can't even remember the company now. I guess their advertising hasn't worked on me. Um, Bomba Socks is one of the, one of the newer ones. Uh, the Great Courses. You know, you, you hear these advertisements, and I don't have anything against them, but I really wanted to stay away from that if I could. And I don't even know if they would be willing to advertise on this show because it is a niche audience. Um, so regardless, I just decided not, not to go that direction. I, I am very thankful for the sponsors that I have had, which, which are in the, who are in the audiobook industry. Um, Paul Stokes, the audiobook reviewer, very happy that he thought that this would be a good place for him to, uh, to have some advertisements for his endeavors. Uh, very, very close fit with the audiobook community. Uh, also Jess, the audiobook worm, uh, for sponsoring for a time, um, that I think is also a good fit because she is very involved with the audiobook community. So that's really what I've, what I've geared towards is trying to, um, do some, you know, have people who are willing to be sponsors, but who are in the industry and really understand, uh, who the audience is and why they want to, um, to talk to this specific audience. So in any case, uh, because it's, it's difficult to do that. And because it does take a lot of time, I, I, um, I do go ahead and I did go ahead and set something up on Patreon and, and I do ask for donations, but I always do like to make sure people know, um, you know, the last thing I want to do is to have somebody fork over any amount of money if it's any kind of a strain on the budget at all. And I recognize the fact that somebody starting out in an industry like this, depending on whether or not they have other income, uh, can be a long time getting yourself going in this type of work. And uh, I definitely don't want uh, anybody to feel like uh, I'm not happy if they're not donating. Not at all. I absolutely appreciate all of the support, all of the financial support that has been um, sent my way. And I never want anybody to feel like they're obligated. Uh, if the show is is good and, and uh, donating to the show at this time is not a good thing for you, then absolutely don't do it. Um, but as I said before, it's definitely not a money-making endeavor. I was thinking earlier, uh, I think that one way that I can put this that uh, probably everybody listening will understand is uh, in terms of royalty share. So I, I look at this podcast as a 10-hour royalty share book that has sold about 17 units. And uh, that might give you some idea of uh, how much money I'm quote-unquote making on this podcast. <laughs> In any case, uh, to get on with the main point of today's Thanksmas episode, uh, I really just wanted to express some gratitude. Um, it has been a great process, and like I said, I've, I've learned a lot and I've had a great time. Uh, I love the fact that all of the guests that I have had on the show have been really interested in coming on the show. 
and and giving back to the community. And of course, getting their name out there too, you know, coaches or engineers who might want to get hired, that's fine. Um, but I have never gotten the impression that any of the guests that I've had on the show wanted to be on the show just so that they could get a new customer. I have not felt that from anybody. It has all been about talking to people about what works in this industry and what has worked for them and how to get ahead in this industry and, and all of those types of things. Um, so I really do appreciate that about all of my guests. And, and I've loved all the conversations that I've had. Um, when I first started thinking about this, I had to come up with some way to do it. And it was a conversation that I had with Scott Brick at APAC uh, 2017 when I was talking about, you know, talking about talking to people, interviewing people, finding out about what they're doing. And he said, you know, there's a lot of things out there. You can just, you know, you Google my name and you can find an article about, you know, where I started. And he really got me thinking about how could I do this somewhat differently so that I do get information out there about these people, but it's really more of a, just a friendly conversation than how did you get into audiobooks? You know, what about this about audiobooks and et cetera, et cetera. And since in the past couple of years, I've become somewhat of an amateur mixologist, I thought, you know, I just like sitting down and talking with people over drinks. And so that's, Scott Brick helped me come up with the whole idea of sitting down over drinks. Um, I, I already had that as kind of in the back of my mind, but when I had that conversation with him, he really, it, that really helped to crystallize in my mind what I was trying to do with the feel of the podcast. Uh, and then also I was working with Sean Pratt at the time and after mulling it over a little bit further, uh, getting some buy-in from more people going forward so that I knew that it wasn't just going to be, I've got a podcast and then nobody would show up. Um, a few months later I contacted Sean or I talked to Sean during one of our coaching sessions and told him about the idea and he graciously agreed to be my first guest. And I was really happy about that. Um, he, he was great. Uh, and then I kind of branched out and I didn't just stick to the narrator. I went to uh, talk to Amanda, who's a, a, um, an engineer, and Philip with Dion Audio, who's part of the casting process. Um, so all of the guests that I've had, I've loved them. I'm, I'm looking at the list right now and I'm, I'm thinking back, you know, for a millisecond on each one of them about the conversation that I have. Uh, I loved talking to Jamie Matler. Her life experience I thought was fascinating. And that was a good example of speaking with someone where I knew a little bit about them. They're in my industry. I know they have uh, a good reputation, but I don't really know that much about where they came from or what they did when they were younger. And I loved that conversation with Jamie because her life experience, when you have a life experience that's that varied and you meet the types of people that she met, of course that informs things that happen later on in life. And so that helps, um, helps me understand where some, how somebody ended up where they are today. So that was a great conversation. Um, I, I don't want to list all of them, but I loved talking to Carol Monda. Uh, that was one of the reasons, my conversation with her was one of the reasons that I ended up contacting her about coaching because sometimes you just click. And I would recommend every single person that I have spoken to in the speakeasy who is a coach, I would recommend them for coaching. But for me, um, talking to Carol, I just thought, wow, I just, I feel so connected in just this conversation. So, and the coaching was great, um, that I've had with her so far. 
Uh, and talking to James Adams from B Audio, he has some some really interesting ideas about what the future, what the technological landscape is going to look like in the future when it comes to spoken word. Um, Joel Leslie Frumkin, that was a great interview. I love talking to Joel. I, I That was another situation where I knew that he was very well respected and was doing really well. I had no idea that his theatrical training was so extensive. And so it was it was great hearing about the experiences that he had and how he had sort of a, a perfect storm in a good way ending up in audiobooks. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to list every one of them. You'll get bored to tears. But I just I have loved all of the conversations that I've had, and I look forward to having a lot more. Uh, as the speakeasy, for as long as the speakeasy is open. Uh, no, no plans to close it right now. I don't mean that to sound like I have plans to close the speakeasy, but uh, I, I really do look forward for as long as it's open. So, uh, so my guess, huge amount of gratitude for everybody who has come into the speakeasy. And just so everybody knows, this is <laughs> like, it's not making me much money. Uh, this is, and all of my guests have been unpaid. Uh, I, I'm thinking everybody knows that, but maybe you don't. So I will just put it out there. All of my guests are, are not paid guests. Um, I, I would not uh, be upset if somebody came back to me and said, um, sure, I have a speaker's fee of, you know, $100 or $1,000 or whatever it is. I understand that that is part of a business model for speak, speakers who are well-known in whatever the industry happens to be. I would have to decline and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have a, a budget, um, but all of my guests have been unpaid. Um, so just so you know that. Uh, so definitely my guests. Also, my patrons, thank you very much. Uh, as I said before, absolutely, completely appreciate all financial donations, however small, a dollar, two dollars. Um, it's it, it really helps me um, to feel like I can continue to spend the time doing the podcast, which uh, which I love and, and I've heard a lot of good comments on. Uh, most of all, huge gratitude to all of my listeners, everybody listening, all of you out there, all of you have li- who have listened in the past. Um, I, I couldn't do this show without you. There'd be no reason to, of course, but I, I couldn't do it without you. And I will say that uh, it just, it warms my heart every time I see a comment online, not just um, referring somebody to the podcast, which is great. I absolutely appreciate the, the advertisement there. Um, but I've, I've seen comments where people say I found my coach because I listened to the episode with so-and-so and I felt like I connected with them. And for whatever the reason, um, I, I think that's, what's great about interacting with people is that you can find some kind of connection with somebody Maybe it's because you grew up in the same part of the country. Maybe it's because of the way they speak, uh, speech patterns. Maybe it's because of the way they teach. Um, it could be anything. People connect for so many different reasons. And I just love seeing comments where somebody said, I loved that episode and that's the reason that I called up this coach or, or emailed this coach because uh, I really connected with them. And that was really what I was going for was connection. So, uh, and, and even, you know, in some cases, connections where uh, you might hear a casting director from some publisher and that sticks in the back of your mind and maybe you don't work with them for a year or two years or five years or whatever it is, but you know that person is out there and, and there's this connection in your, in your mind. But the, the more immediate stuff, I just, I love hearing that. It's, uh, it's great. And, you know, it's happened for me on this podcast, and I know that it has happened for other. And I have had guests who, who came up to me at APAC uh, this year, 2018, 
and said, you know, uh, somebody contacted me and, and they said that it was because they heard me in, in the speakeasy. And I love that. I'm, I'm really glad that I could make the connection for them. So there have been all kinds of, uh, all kinds of times when I've just, you know, big smile gets on my face because, uh, somebody got something, you know, positive from the experience of listening to the show. So thank you. Thank each and every one of you who is listening and who, uh, who has listened to episodes in the past. Um, if there's any that you're missing, you can find them on the website. I'll, you know, get to that at the end of the show, but, uh, it's uh it has been great and i appreciate every every um every one of you who is who is a fan of the show so you might be wondering what's coming up for the speakeasy now that i've been doing this for a year um what's going to be happening next year like i said i have no plans of shutting the speakeasy down it is time consuming and uh for that reason uh i i know that i have not i've only published i think one episode so far in december um, because I, I got swamped at the end of the year with these projects that had a hard deadline. Um, and so that made it really difficult. I didn't have the time to spend contacting people and then setting up the right time. And then knowing that I was going to have to do the work on the podcast episode, in addition to the work that I already had scheduled. So I haven't had much time. Um, I'm really considering at this point, changing the speakeasy to every other week instead of every week and hopefully being able to be very consistent at every other week. Um, but I'm, I'm not really sure how that's going to go. So I, I can't say for sure whether it's going to continue once a week or whether it's going to go to every other week consistently or whether it's just going to be, well, whenever I can fit it in. Uh, that's absolutely a possibility as well. Uh, so I hope that, uh, you know, for, for my diehard speakeasy fans, I hope you won't be too disappointed if it's only every other week, but big time commitment. Um, so aside from the timing of the speakeasy episodes, uh, a couple of things that I'm going to be, a, a few things that I am working towards kind of moving in the direction of is, um, speaking with narrators who aren't necessarily coaches, almost all of the narrators that I've spoken with are also coaches. Um, well, not almost all, but many of them are almost are also uh, narration coaches. The, some of the other narrators that I've spoken with uh, have other things that they're involved with as well, like Marna Young is also a podcast host. Um, so I'm considering talking to narrators that are well-known who aren't necessarily coaches. Uh, someone that comes to mind that I'd really like to talk to is Julia Whalen, who is very well known, has won awards, um, great narrator, has written and narrated her own book. Um, I think that, that it would be great to speak with her and find out um, how she got into this and uh, what works for her. Um, I know that she has a uh, an acting background, but I don't know all the details. I did hear her in the... Um, the, I think it was an, I don't think it was an origin story. It was, it was one of the, uh, APA web webcasts, but I don't remember what the, what the focus was. So I did get a little of that and that's what made me think, oh, I would love to explore some of this with her. Uh, and I've got some other people in mind as well who don't necessarily coach, but who narrators might be really interested in hearing from in terms of their experience. Um, what I'm, what I'm really hoping to do more of is talk to people that, have started or have been working with small 
audiobook publishing companies. And I already have a couple of those in the works, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And I'm also hoping to talk to small publishing companies who are just now or just recently getting or even just considering getting into audiobooks. Uh, I'm actually working with somebody locally. Uh, haven't done a book yet, but it's a, it's a relationship that I started uh, building, geez, I think almost two years ago. And, um, and they are just now getting into audiobooks, and they, they, had a, they had a problem at some point. And they described to me the process, and of course, I, I would have loved to know the specific people that they were discussing, but I never asked, and they never told me, so I don't know. But they had this really bad experience. And, um, and so I'm, I'm really hoping that this relationship that I'm building with them can be positive and that I can point them in the direction of other narrators who they can work with and that they will continue to move forward into audiobooks. But I know that some small publishers have had good experiences with narrators, and so I'm hoping to, to speak with them as well, and that that will be valuable to all of you who may be interested in uh, pursuing relationships with smaller companies like this. Um, I'm certainly hoping to talk to more engineers. I know that I talked to Amanda and Karen Sauer and um, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Williams. Is that right? See, now I'm <laughs> every, every time I go through this, I'm like, oh, I got so many names. Uh, yeah, Sean Williams back in uh, episode 23. Uh, and, and I really enjoy talking to the engineers and finding out, well, what's your approach and how do you work with people? And uh, so I'm, I'm hoping to do that as well. I also have a, a situation coming up that I'm, um, you know, we're working on scheduling it about speaking with both an author and a narrator at the same time. And uh, or whether it's an author or not, a rights holder um, and finding out how they got together, how the process worked. Um, this is very similar to what uh, Marnie Young has been the, the Silverton audio podcast that Marnie Young has been hosting. And I find it very interesting to hear about experiences that um, narrators and rights holders have as they get together and collaborate to make this, to make a, an audiobook happen. Um, what I'm most interested in and what I'm hoping that my audience will be interested in is, um, you know, what worked? Why is it that this relationship worked out well for you? What didn't work if, you know, you're willing to discuss it? And even if everything worked great, what were your fears about what wasn't going to work? You know, what were you afraid of happening and what I'm hoping is that all of you would find some value in hearing about those experiences and maybe that would help steer you one direction or another if you are in negotiations with a rights holder um, or if you are a rights holder and you want to talk to narrators and you want to, you know, make sure that you don't say something that's offensive about uh, rate or you don't want to overstep in terms of micromanaging uh, and if you're a narrator, you want to make sure that you stick to your guns, but you don't come off unprofessional. And, you know, there there are a lot of aspects of the type of collaboration that we do that I think it's it's good to hear experiences that others have had. And I'm hoping that that would be valuable to everybody listening as well. So those are some ideas that I have. Um, and I would be happy to hear from any of you. If you have thoughts about who you would like to hear from uh, and why, um, I, I would be happy to hear him. You can just send me an email to rich at richvoiceproductions.com. 
I'd be happy to hear from you about what you have liked about the podcast. If you have any negative comments, of course, I don't want to just be beat up. But if you have any negative comments, if you haven't liked something about the podcast, I'd be happy to, to listen. Um, I, I can't guarantee that I will get back to everyone on every subject, but I, I'll certainly try. Um, uh, depending on, you know, how many people email me and what's going on at the time. Um, but yeah, if you have suggestions, I would be happy to hear it. Um, either, whether it's for a specific guest that you have worked with or that you're very interested in hearing from, or whether it's just for, sort of a general, you know, what would really help me as I'm moving forward is to hear about this topic. And if you can find somebody who, who's really knowledgeable and an expert in that topic, that would be great. So, um, so please do do that. So that's it for tonight. Again, many thanks to all of you. I couldn't do this show without you. And, uh, and I love hearing the, the positive things that you've gotten out of the show. So thank you. Uh, as always, you can find the audiobook Speakeasy on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean, and all the apps that pull from iTunes. And you can find me at richvoiceproductions.com, where I've got some samples and links to audiobooks I've narrated, and where I'm also posting episodes of the audiobook Speakeasy. If you're enjoying our Speakeasy chats, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you're not enjoying them, please find a podcast you do enjoy and leave them a review. Quick shout-out tonight to Patria, who left a very nice five-star review on Stitcher. I'm guessing this is fellow narrator Patria Burchard. Patria, whichever Patria you are, I'm really glad that you're enjoying hearing the personal and professional sides of my guests here in the Speakeasy. If you think this show is educational, entertaining, or valuable simply because it gives you an excuse to sit down and enjoy a cocktail in an otherwise hectic day, here comes that plea for money again. I'd really appreciate it if you'd add a buck or two to the tip jar. You can make a per-episode donation by signing up at patreon.com slash audiobookspeakeasy, or you can make a one-time donation by visiting paypal.me slash audiobookspeakeasy. As previously mentioned, any financial support is greatly appreciated. Until we see you here in the speakeasy again, I hope you can find some time to enjoy an audiobook. Cheers, and Happy New Year! Thank you.